Welcome to Abe's Front Porch Talk. Thank you guys for listening. This is Friday night. I hope you guys are doing great. Hope you guys got wonderful plans for the weekend. I know in a lot of places it's going to be bad weather and the storms are going to be bad in certain places and other places are having heat waves. So guys, just hang in there. The Word of God is coming to life right before our very eyes. And you really need to walk with Christ to understand this. You need to be walking in the Spirit to know everything is coming to pass that's in the Bible, especially these end times. I want to tell you guys this. You need to be on high alert for some things to come. And there are going to be bad stuff coming pretty soon. And I'm wanting to say the next few months, maybe in the next year, just just know when it hits. It could be five years from now. But I want you guys to be on high alert to know there are horrible things coming. And it's going to bring a lot of homelessness and hunger. You guys really need to stock up on food. Anything that you can think of if you're listening to this podcast. But for some of you, if you're listening to it after the effect, that's okay too. You know, maybe you didn't know about this podcast, but that's okay. We can try to get through this together. I have plenty of episodes that you can listen to here on the podcast platforms. I also have a YouTube channel you can go to under the same name, and you can watch all the videos there. So out of the YouTube videos and this podcast episode, a lot of the podcast episodes should be able to help you through all these hard times. So I hope they do. Now... I got to tell you about Revelations 19. And before I get into Revelations 19, what I just said about make sure you're stocked up on food and all the stuff that you need, I want you to know this is not a fear tactic. A lot of people will hear this and say, oh, that's putting fear in people. Well, if this is fearing you about the bad things to come, then you're not really walking where you should be with Christ because you know what the Word of God says. Yes, He's going to protect you. Always remember, God will always protect you as His child. But He also tells you He will send you prophets. He will send you people to tell you to stock up and store up like he did in the days of Joseph when he told Joseph and them to get stored up because the famine was coming and God gave them plenty of time to get stored up on food and how to go about it so they did not starve. That's how he protects your children. But if you're just going to think, oh, you're using this as a scare tactic. You're trying to put fear in people. God will protect his children. He is not going to allow nothing to happen to them. And then you're going hungry Well, you have nobody to blame but yourself because you were warned. 
You were told to go buy food. You were told to get the non-perishable stuff and store up for yourself and your family. You're the one that was disobedient. Now you have to pay the consequences for being disobedient because you said that it was a scare tactic. It was putting fear in people. God was taking care of you. He told you what to do, but you refused to listen. So, I mean, that's like going to one of these places. I'm trying to think, a substation with a lot of electricity at these substations. And it's got a sign that says, do not enter or do not touch. High voltage can cause death. And you ignore that sign and you touch that. Well, guess what? That was on you. That was your fault because you ignored the warning sign that was there. You have nobody to blame but your own self because you read the sign. Somebody may even told you that's dangerous not to touch those voltage, not to touch that fence. It's got high voltage and you could be seriously hurt or die. And you still do it. You ignored. You did not listen. Now you got to pay the consequences. It's like that with Christ. He sends you people to warn you, but it's up to you to do something about it. But that's also going to, going to be where a lot of people is going to blaspheme God and walk away from him because they're going to say, well, you broke your promise. You didn't keep your word, and he did. You just refused to listen. God don't break his promises. God said he will take care of you. He did take care of you. You just got to know how to obey. But I'm going to take a short break, and then we're going to get into Revelations 19. All right, folks, thank you so much for that short break there. Now, let's get started on Revelations chapter 19. And like I said, it's just going to be more of a reading process tonight. So, 
if I see a scripture that I think I get a get something from, I'll try to read it to you. But I mean, explain it out. But like I said, when I was reading through this again, I just felt like it was more self-explanatory because it's like it was confirmation from the other chapters in Revelations as well. So just listen closely and share this with others as well. And after, and I read from the King James Version, by the way. So let's get started. And after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants and all ye that fear him, both small and great. See, right there in verse 5 where it says, And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. That's your children. Your children needs to walk in the fear of the Lord. Remember, I told you, even an eight-year-old child can die and go to hell. Because they know right from wrong. They know not to kill. They know not to steal. If you, the parents, or whoever's raising children, are teaching them the rightful way, then they know all these things are wrong. They know not to lie. They know not to cheat. They know right from wrong. So it, once they reach the age of accountability, they know right from wrong. Then it becomes sin. And people are not teaching their children this. That's why I said even children will take a mark. Your children will go to school and come home with a mark in their hand or forehead. Then what are you going to do? Your eight-year-old child has taken a mark of the beast and going to hell. Your 16-year-old child will do the same thing. They know right from wrong. Some probably do it because they think they're cool. Others probably being bullied into it. The teachers and the principal are forcing your child to take this. So you're going to have to stand your ground and really teach your children that not to take the mark, no matter what their classmate says, no matter what the teachers or the principals of the school says, do not take the mark. And you need to teach that to your children. They need to have the fear of the Lord and walk in the fear of God. They need to walk in fear. And parents are no longer teaching children how to walk in the fear, but in the corruption of the world and what the world has to offer of its lies and fornication and all this nastiness that goes on of the hatred. And there's so much hatred and not love and all the drugs that's out here. And even children are raised in the house full of drugs and not even been taught about God or nothing. 
We have turned our backs on Christ so much and we think Christ is not going to leave us nor forsake us. But let me tell you, he's always there to convict your heart, but you walk away from him. But it also tells you if you're lukewarm, he will spew you out of his mouth. Make sure your children are fearing the Lord and walking in their callings even as a young child. Scripture tells you make sure, just right there, what I just read. But there's a time coming that children are going to fear the Lord, that they're going to know He is real. Let's move on to verse 6. And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. I can't pronounce that word. O-M-N-I-P-O-T-E-N-T. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See thou do it not, I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren, that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. See, the testimony of Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Jesus came so we might have everlasting life in heaven with him. He also taught us about the end times of what is to come. He taught us a lot while he was here on earth what we're supposed to do, how we're to help people in need, not to overlook the lame and the poor, to store up our rewards in heaven and not here on earth. And all the prophecies that Christ has spoken about, we are doing right the opposite. We're mocking him. We're, we're having yard sales. And some of the churches are even got stores inside the churches, even though the sanctuary is in the other part of the building. But you still have a store. That's all mockery. You can't be doing that. God said he does not want that in his house, for his house is called the house of prayer. It took me a long time to realize that one myself, because I used to think there was nothing wrong with having stores and stuff inside of it and having yard sales at the church or inside the church. But it turns out Jesus don't want you doing that. He wants his house to 
be the house of prayer where people can come and be prayed for and uplifted those that have needs where they can come and cast their burdens to him in the church and talk to somebody that's in leadership that God has called into the ministry to help them and uplift them and not judge or condemn them and not push them away, but to help them through their hard and difficult times. People struggling with addiction problems, they need help because they keep going back into the addiction and the dog is returning back to its vomit and you got to keep that dog from going back to its vomit but what we need to do with people that struggling with addiction tell them give it over to the lord every time you go and sink into your addiction don't beat yourself up over it but say lord i give it to you deliver me from it because he already knows you're feeling guilty and shame but People wants to make you feel even worse when you're feeling guilt and shame. Some even say, no, you ain't, because if you were, you wouldn't be doing that. And I know I said the word ain't, and I know I said it in the last week's podcast. It's getting your attention, isn't it? Sometimes when somebody don't say the proper words that you think, it will catch your attention. And you're like, oh, I don't want to listen to this. You said the word ain't. You're not speaking proper English, but it's got your attention. Because if I spoke everything proper like you thought I should be doing or pronouncing words a certain way, you wouldn't want to pay no attention to the truth that's being said. You want to go on. Sometimes it takes improper to get your attention, to get your attention to know what is being said and what needs what you need to hear for you to come to repentance if that's what it takes. But you need to know this Bible is fulfilling right before our eyes every day. The prophecies, the volcanoes erupting, the earthquakes, the natural disasters. Everything is happening. The wildfires, the heat waves. Everything is coming. And we're right here at the end and people still cannot see it. Some people think we're about to go into tribulation. I'm not getting into that. I'm just not going to get into it right now. I will get into it. But part of me thinks we are about to enter tribulation and the other part of me thinks we're not. But I've heard other ministers say that we're going into a change that Christ is coming in with his wrath and his vengeance and he's making a change and he's done it for the prophets. And I imagine people then thought that was tribulation when God come in and shook the nations in their time, but he made a way and made a change for his children. So if he done it for them, he'll do it for us because God is tired of his children losing out. Look at God's children, his prophets, that's getting denied and denied and denied. They can't get the help that they need. So God is going to take the evildoers that's stealing and denying his saints and his prophets, he's going to take the evildoers that's holding them back. He's going to put them in their shape and bring up the saints and prophets and put them at the top. The first will be last and the last will be first. That table's done twisted. So we just got to hold on and see this change and see that shift and move on with Christ and keep going forward. Because we're in that time now. The doctors may say you have a deadly disease. The doctors may say you need to take this pill every day for a virus or 
or cancer or kidney problems or lung problems or heart problems, whatever the diagnosis is. We're living in a time now that Christ says, I'm tired of my children suffering because these scientists, all they can do is make a pill and tell people there's no cure. But I am the cure, Christ says. By my wounds you are healed. I bore your sins into my body. And by my wounds you are healed. Scripture tells you that. The prophecies are here. And we're fixing to see. We're fixing to see the miraculous miracles of Christ. That we have never seen before. We have seen small miracles happen. And people being healed throughout the years in churches and People we know personally healed, but many other people don't know it because they don't walk in the faith of Christ. Many people go to church and say they're Christian, but they don't believe in healing powers. They say that's wrong. That's of Satan. You're not supposed to do that. They think it's witchcraft, and that's what's wrong with the world today. Everything that involves Christ to heal and stuff, they think it's witchcraft. Did you know there is people out here? There is a religion that says if you speak in tongue and prophesy and lay hands upon those who are sick that they be healed, that's witchcraft. And it's not. But there are people out here who believes that. I know some personally that believes that. But that's just their faith. That's the type of church they go to that believes that. For some reason, they thought it was only for the prophets and the people in the Bible times. But in our time, it does not exist. You're not allowed to do that stuff. Or it's evil. And it is not. See, and God's going to show people his wrath and vengeance. He's going to clean all of this up. We're going through a cleansing and a change. He delivered people out of Sodom and Gomorrah when he destroyed it. Look in the days of Noah. Look who was serving God and he delivered them. Look when, look what all happened when King David become king. All the stuff he had to go through. Look at Joseph. He was thrown in prison, but he went from prison to palace. It may took a few years, but look where all of them got to be at the end when God shifted everything. Some people had to have the nation shook. Some people had to have the nations divided and shaken to make the changes. Some nations had to go to war to bring the change. So don't look at it in fear that if you hear that we're going to go into war with the nations, like, let's say for an example, World War Three, and say we go into this and there's a lot of hunger and people going homeless because of this or, or famine hits the land. Look at it. It's going to be a great thing. Don't fear because... God could be shifting things for you in your life. Because a lot of the people who are rich don't know how to survive like you've been through. But you're coming up. A lot of people, God is taking down the kings and the queens. He's changing up the government. He is changing it all up. He's changing church leaders and churchgoers and getting them out. He separates the wheat from the tare. Always remember that Christ will separate separate the wheat from the tare. So just know, during a shift, God is making changes. And that's what a shift is. It's a change in people's life. And sometimes he'll change you personally as the individual you are. 
and you'll feel it, but nobody else can feel it. They may start seeing a change in you and your attitude because God did it. But they have to get in that place with Christ that you did. Remember, King David was not a king for many years there until God shifted that for him to be king. He had to destroy his enemies for him to be there. So look at it as God destroying your enemies, as Christ coming in, devouring up your enemies to make you a king, to make you that leader wherever you need to be. I do believe a famine is coming, but in this famine, God is going to make changes. Your enemies that are eating well and going on vacations and forgetting about you where you have nothing and left you back here on the back burner and said you don't need no help, probably lied and accused you of things. God's going to take them down and you're coming up and you're going to be eating. The Lord prepares the table before your enemies. I heard it said by a minister online and I'm pretty sure most of you've heard the same thing that I did too it's all out there online that this minister he said god said he prepares the table before your enemies but he said god didn't say your enemies were going to eat but you were going to eat and your enemies were going to have to sit there and watch you eat come on think about it that's your blessings when god shift things and make you a leader and they lose they got to watch all of this so be thankful. Be thankful that prophecies of the word of God is coming to life. Just smile and say, my time has come. But rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. But scripture also tells us do not rejoice over our enemies' downfalls. When God starts coming through and destroying our enemies, do not rejoice over their downfall, but rejoice that God has your name written down in the Lamb's book of life. Just rejoice that God has came through for you. And understand the prophecies are coming to life from the Old Testament to all the way to the New Testament. Everything is coming to life. People like Daniel, the book of Daniel, read them, Malachi, Amos, Read it all, and you'll see even what's in Revelations and some of the stuff that's in the New Testament that the prophets of old has seen this already that we're living in, and that was in their time in the beginning. Now we're living in it, and we know what they're talking about that they could not understand because it's even written in Scripture that Daniel could not understand certain things he was seeing. And I think it was one, one uh, dream Daniel had. It had something to do about a horn, and he could not understand it. And John the Revelator here speaks of all the horns. But Daniel couldn't see it because it was a different time frame. He didn't understand it. Just like the Lord to show us something today, and might be something for the future, but we don't understand it. But whoever's in the future will understand it because they're living through that time. Just be thankful. Remember, 
Jesus is the prophecy. So let's go on to verse 11 here. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doeth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he fell... Oh, sorry, let me start that over. I messed up. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed, Sorry, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon the white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat of the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. And the raiment were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. See that one scripture up here, verse 18 says, that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. See, that's your children the small. He's talking about even children 
Because once your child receives that mark, they're going to break out into those boils. They're going to break out in what it speaks about in Revelations 13. You did not teach your child, like I was just saying earlier. You did not teach your child the right way. Now the fowls of the air are going to eat the flesh of your child. God doesn't care who you are, how young or how old. We look at children as being innocent, but in the eyes of God, no, because they know right from wrong. They can also determine to serve Christ or serve Satan. Many children will dibble, they will dabble in witchcraft. Some of you parents teach your children to play with Ouija boards and tarot cards. And you will teach them how to do this stuff. And you don't need to be doing that. So God's not going to care if you're a king or queen, how great your name is, what leadership you have. He will let the fowls of the air eat your flesh. From the young to the old, he will devour you. He will allow the birds of all kinds to eat your flesh that land on the ground dead. Even the horses that people ride. And when we live in this time, we will be seeing this. Because God's going to command it. You say, well, why does such a loving God and a merciful, merciful and forgiving God want to do such thing? Well, why did you not serve him? Why did you disobey his word? Why did you mock at his word? Why did you go against it? Why were you professing to be a Christian knowing you were not a Christian, but you wanted to deceive, you were making mockery, you were tempting God. It tells you God is not to be tempted. So why were you doing all these things? Why did you persecute his children after he told you, if you serve Satan and you choose to do evil, don't come against his children. Do not harm his children. But you still acted on it. You still did it like you was tempting him, like you were challenging him. Now what you sowed, so shall you reap, and you're just reaping all the bad seeds you sown. That's a choice you made. You were warned ahead of time not to do these things, and this is what happens when you choose evil. And, you know, he's going to smite the nations. And we're seeing that now. He's going to smite the nations, especially when you take the mark of the beast. 
And the beast has taken, and with him, the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived, from that he had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And that false prophet that was doing all these miracles... He had you thinking he was Christ or he was doing it in the name of Christ. But he was deceiving you. He made you think he was the one, wanted you to take his mark. And it was lies and deceivement because he done all these miracles and even got your children. You, as the adults, even fell for this. A lot of you don't know scripture, but you don't want to know scripture. You don't want nothing to do with it. And when this false prophet comes, you want everything to do with him, even with all the miracles. And you would deceive your own children into taking the mark and saying he's the real thing. And he's not. He's fake. He's false. A lot of people think evil inside their hearts now. But when this false prophet arrives, a lot of you are going to believe his lies and deceivement and do whatever he tells you to do. He's probably going to offer a lot of you so many deals. Work on your side. Work in your favor. He's going to lie on those that did not take his mark. Those that are against him saying he's the Antichrist. Do not believe him. He's lying. He's going to tell lies on the children of God. He's going to have them killed. God's children will be persecuted and killed because of these antichrists, because of this false prophet. I saw a video today where they were talking about trying to get the third temple built, where they want to start building on the third temple. And I thought, we're right here now in the scriptures. But when will they start it? I don't know. I hope it's after I'm gone. We need to know the everything is at hand now. We are living in the final hours. Some says the last seconds. We do not know when Christ is going to return, but this is the time that we have to keep our faith upon him because there are many people walking out here with the Antichrist spirit. Just because somebody says they're of Christ and they go to church and they believe in God still doesn't make them righteous before him. They are also an Antichrist. And you say, well, now, wait a minute. That can't be true. They're against Christ. They're against his children. They're lying on the children. They're wolves in sheep clothing. They're snakes in the grass. They look to see who they can devour. They start trouble. Their hearts is far from Christ. And those are the ones God's fixing to bring down. Those are the ones who stirred up strife and envy. And if they were really walking with Christ... They would not be doing that. 
we've got to understand. Do not be deceived by the Antichrist and his lies and deceivements. People going to say he's telling the truth, the truth, the truth. No, it's lies, lies, lies. Because verse 16 of Revelation 13 says, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. But let me back up to 15 here real quick. And it says, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak, and the cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And that's what I'm saying. This Antichrist is going to want to have you killed because you're not worshiping him or the beast. And you didn't take his mark. He wants you killed as God's people. But think about it. You will not be able to send your child into a store to get you a drink while you sit out in the car and your child goes inside the store and gets you a drink or them a drink. Because you know how you'll let your child out to go to the store. And you're, you're watching them while they run in and just get a drink. They can't buy that drink or a candy bar, or a bag of chips, unless they have the mark in their hand. Your child, your 8-year-old child can't. Your 16-year-old child cannot. And they're going to be hungry and thirsty. And they're going to be weak, and they're going to be young, and they're not going to think. And they're going to hear the lies. Well, your parents are old or your grandparents are old. They think different than we do. There's going to be so many trickery. And once they take that mark, it's too late. This is where he makes the young and the old, the rich and the poor fall. The poor has done already been through too much. They have lost a lot. And what else do they have to lose? And that's what they're going to say. If you take this mark, you can have it all. I give you all the riches. You won't be poor anymore. Or you take this mark of mine. You will not have to suffer like you're suffering now as being poor. I will take care of you. And they will take it. The poor people will give up on God. And spend all eternity in hell for this so they can eat. Some people who are sick in their bodies, the Antichrist will say, you take my mark, I'll heal your body. And they'll take it just to be healed so they don't have to suffer with sickness anymore. That's the, what Satan is wanting to do. That's one reason why people are sick now. A lot of the sickness that's going on is Satan. It's not that you really have the virus like the doctor is saying. It's Satan doing this to you. He's lashed those demons and spirit of infirmities onto you to destroy you, to keep you from serving Christ. He don't want you doing nothing. 
Satan has made people sick and people has blamed God for their sickness. And it tells you in scripture, it's Satan that binds people with sickness. Then you say, well, God allows it. God didn't allow it. He told us to all pray one for another that they be healed to rebuke those spirits. But you don't walk in faith to rebuke those spirits off of those demons that's making them sick to rebuke them. It's up to us to stand in agreement as one body come together and pray and pray for that person. Pray and fast that they will be healed in the name of Jesus. And those demons will leave that spirit infirmities will leave them and go back to the pits of hell. But we don't want to walk in that type of faith anymore. We trust too much in science. We told Christ that science is our God. We believe in science. We rather believe the lies of the doctors. Your doctors give you bad news and you accept it instead of praying and rebuking it. And praying and fasting. We're going to see miracles happen, but you got to discern if it's from God or if it's going to be from this false prophet or the Antichrist. Know when God's moving. Know when Christ is moving for you. A lot of people don't want to be killed for Christ's name. They rather take the mark of the beast and not be killed. Let me tell you, it's better you die and not have the mark. It's better you suffer with pain and suffering and sickness and hunger pains that you can, no matter how weak you get. And when those four angels of Euphrates come out of that river, when it fully dries up, when they come out, they will torment people. And when the prophets come, the two candlesticks, when they come, people want them dead because they're going to tell people to clean up their act and come to the repentance and they're not going to want to serve Christ even after that. They're going to see how the prophets shoot fire out of their mouth and will not. You cannot harm them, but they will shoot fire out of their mouth and devour you. And you're probably thinking, well, how do I discern then when the two candlesticks or those two prophets come to do these things? And then you're talking about the Antichrist and the false prophets that's going to do miracles. Are they not going to do the same? You got to know who's of God and who is not. When the Antichrist and the false prophets telling you take the mark, but the two prophets and the two candlesticks saying don't take that mark, they're false. Those are the ones you want to listen to that says, do not take that. That's the mark of the beast. You will go to hell. But the ones that saying you need to take this mark, this is the right way. They're the liars. They're the deceivers. That's how you're going to tell. Know which one The two candlesticks is not going to deceive you. But you need to know that they're of Christ. And many people are going to persecute them and want them dead. Many people are going to devour them with their words. They're going to try to harm them, but they cannot touch them. 
and then they're going to die on the streets and people are going to rejoice around their bodies. And then on that third day, God's going to breathe his breath into them and they're going to ascend from the ground straight to heaven. And the people, the earth will shake and people are going to know God was real. And people that has received the mark of the beast is going to know they were deceived. But it's going to be your fault for not realizing it then. Even your children are going to cry in torment and in pain because you allowed your child, you told your child to get the mark. You probably will even take your child to wherever they're going to give it to give, make them to get the mark. And your child has no choice. And you're sending your own child to hell. That's on you. Your children, you say, is too young to make decisions, but in the eyes of God, he says they're old enough to make every decision. You just teach them right from wrong. Don't take your children down to get the mark because you want them to. Your child probably cry and beg you not to because they don't want to take it, but you as the parent or the guardian forcing it on them. I wonder how many children are in state's custody, like foster homes and orphanages, and the government's going to come around and make them children take the mark. The foster parents allowing this to go on, saying, yes, you got to take the mark. I'm your foster parent, and you will do what I say. And that's going to be sad. Because you made an 8-year-old or a 10-year-old child take the mark. with, And they did not want to take it. You forced them to. This is going to be a sad time. Well, this is all I have for tonight. Stay tuned for next week where it will be chapter 20 of Revelation. And I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Stay safe out there through these storms. And thank you for listening. Share with your family and friends.